0: This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, two eggs laid by the Eggman himself, Dr. Robotnik, Renee Rodriguez, What's up?
1: and Nick White. Let's go! Three exclamation points and four rocket ship emojis. Cool. We
0: are eating chili dogs today and talking about comic books on episode 323 of I Read Comic Books. So glad that you could show up and listen. But before we get into things, I've got a quick announcement. I know this episode comes out before the end of March, but April's Goodreads book of the month is coming up. Anthology comics is going to be the theme. So if you've got an anthology comic that you want us to read, we've doing we've been doing this you pick kind of thing where we give you a theme and you kind of just pick whatever book you, you want to read for the theme of that month. And for the Goodreads episodes that we record, some on Patreon, some live on the public feed, uh, we're going to pick one based off of what people nominate. So if you've got something you want to read, make sure you head over to our Goodreads group Join by April 1st. So you can throw something into that thread and maybe we'll pick it for the Goodreads episode coming up in April, but uh, let's get into things. Let's talk about comic books. That's why I brought you two here today. So let me ask my two legally mandated questions, which is how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Renee.
2: Uh, I'm fine. Uh, You know, just hanging out, keeping it real. (laughs) oh okay all books. right that's oh. it that's the end of the show yeah Bye everyone so
0: listening to i read comic books uh. <laughs> yeah talk to you later renee what have you been reading
2: so i've been trying to read more western comics you know just for for funsies trying to get back into it i'm not okay. going going super hard by reading every x-men title although that's probably in the near future um so I actually continued reading from the comic that I read last time I was on the show, which was We Have Demons. And this was issue number two, written by uh, Scott Snyder, pencils by Greg Capullo, inks by Jonathan Galapian, uh, colors by Dave McCaig, and letters by Tom Napolitano. Again, this book is wild. It's about demon hunters, and like it's basically really kind of filthy and bloody and just all kinds of craziness. Um, you know, and it kind of talks about the idea of faith, not just in like gods, but just the idea of, you know, faith in general and all that. There are a lot of demons and there's a lot of demon killing, you know, Hmm.
0: so I would hope with a title like we have demons that they
1: they, they aren't lying on the actual conceit. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's lots of demons. There's a lot of tearing through demon anuses, as they say in the book. So, um, okay okay i mean that's one of the things that they specifically say although i guess in this issue they're mostly like there's a demon whose name is gus who keeps just being like huh, language everybody you know so
0: <laughs> why do i feel like this is what how you would be if you were a demon like the most vile creature in the world but also would not want people to swear at them you know i I don't know
2: how to take that because you know me i curse all the time so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know know, but you you would be that kind of like haha i'm i'm evil but don't say bad words around me yeah i
1: don't know well i mean gus is
2: also a demon that like he's like a good demon but like he could also potentially not be it's weird
1: you know? Is this okay. like the BuzzFeed quiz of what kind of demon are you? Like, Is thats that is that <laughs> where is that the trajectory we're headed towards now?
2: I mean, I, that's not where I was going. If you want to do that, that's all you, Nick. Okay. The other thing I read was One Punch Man, chapter 158, written by One, art by Yusuke Murata. Uh, mm-hmm. Yusuke Murata, who uh, wrote, uh, or at least did the art for, I don't remember if he wrote it, uh, but I think so, for Shield 21. So he is stellar, stellar artist. Love mm-hmm. it! Uh, One Punch Man's getting crazy, and it looks like you know the Hero Hunter is coming cross with Cape is you know, crossing fists with Caped Baldy again. Hopefully, very soon. If you haven't been reading it, I highly suggest that you read it because it's been even though it's been a really long this arc has been going on for such a very long time.
1: Mm-hmm. There's been a
2: lot of really cool fights, a lot of really funny jokes, especially involving King. Uh, and the King Engine, more specifically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're if you're not reading One Punch Man, uh, I feel like none of this is funny or remotely interesting, but boy, oh boy, is the joke of the number one superhero, the funniest thing in this comic, yeah. as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I've been having a, a fun ride. It's one of those um, series where it's, it, you know, it, I think it updates like maybe once a month. So it's kind of fun just to like sort of come back to it every... Every so often, maybe you'll have two or three chapters to read, and it's just Mm -hmm. really fun. I just kind of enjoy just like having that always on the back burner, and uh, I just had a good time with it this week.
1: Would you recommend that book if somebody was enjoying Mob Psycho 100? I know it's the same creator, right? Yeah. The difference being that... writer. Right. The difference is that I think he wrote and drew all of Mob Psycho, which is why the art looks pretty different than One Punch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more um uh, uh, how to put it. Um It's definitely more shonen. Um rudimentary <laughs> loose, the pencils are definitely looser, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: cuz one started, you know, he it started as a webcomic, uh One Punch Man did mm-hmm. and then it started getting serialized through uh Shonen Jump, whereas Mob Psycho 100, even though it's also being serialized now, it, the art has stayed the same with one's original art. Whereas One Punch Man, they grabbed Yusuke Murata. Uh, I would say that the comedic style is very similar. Um, it's okay. a different type of story. But I mean, if you enjoy Mob Psycho, I think that you could get on board with One Punch Man. But, you know, everybody's different. But I definitely say give it a shot. The Especially the earlier chapters of One Punch Man are pretty fun and funny.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I think
0: as the series goes on, it definitely turns into more like actual shonen story, but like when you really step back from it, you're like, oh, this is very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh which is great. I don't know. I that's why I keep reading it yeah, at least. I
2: always love that there's always like a really big chunk of really serious chapters and stuff like that, and then you'll cut away to just this. <laughs> What is the main character doing? And it's absolutely nothing important. He's lost most of the
0: time. Right. So yeah, you have, Saitama, yeah. in the middle of this giant fight, Saitama is still trying to find the grocery store so that he can use the coupons he's been holding on to, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. Metal bats got like, you know, his
2: arm and leg are broken. He's got like almost all of his ribs cracked. And you know, he's just bleeding out, trying to protect like some school kids. And then Saitama is like,
0: I have no idea where I am this isn't my house <laughs> right <laughs> that's great um well cool i guess nick uh what about you how have you been how have comic books been
1: um yeah things have been good i guess the west michigan weather watch would be that we had about a week and a half where i thought spring was here for good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it snowed not once but twice this weekend Huzzah. um but it's Michigan, which means you're never truly safe from the uh, specter of snow until about halfway through May. So we still got a ways to go. In terms of what I've read, I did read What's the Furthest Place from Here, 4 and 5. Uh, this is by Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg with letters by Hassan. I always get this wrong. Oh, Elahu. Mane Alahu. Oh, it's Elhau. Elhau. Dang it. Close. I'll, I'll learn this. I, I should learn this. Uh he certainly letters more than enough books that I read. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think it's interesting to think of this book alongside Rick Remender's uh glorious vengeance of uh violence, whatever it's called. A righteous thirst for vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That's it. Uh like because this is the other book going on right now compared to that, where I have absolutely no idea of where it's going. Mm -hmm. The big difference for me is that after a couple issues of both respectively, I'm not sure if I care where boss and Rosenberg's book ends up. Like it's sort of drifting all over the place now. Um, And for me, you've got to pose more questions than you answer but this book doesn't seem interested in handing out any answers Mm -hmm. and it just consistently uh, hands out more and more mysteries uh, to the point that I can't even keep track of all of the things that I'm supposed to be dealing with. Uh, And there's just increasingly more and more characters and it has the delicious and dungeons problem where nobody seems to die, but the cast seems to um, you know, it's like a 50% more people every week. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, for those who don't read this book, uh, I guess the elevator pitch would be it's sort of kind of post-apocalyptic and the, it, this has ended up with groups of people ending up in factions or gangs a la kind of Mad Max and it all seems to be kids and they all fight each other and have territory battles and I don't, uh, I, I don't know where this book is going.
0: Yeah, it feels like the warriors taken to the extreme. If you haven't, if you've ever seen that movie, it's it's weird because there seems to be some underlying set of rules that everyone knows, except for the reader, which is really interesting because they they're constantly talking about laws and rules and oh, you can't right. do that or this is our territory. This violates
1: like, our practices exactly yeah, and yeah. we
0: don't know what those are and i i don't think that that's a knock on the book but right after four or five issues you're kind of like okay what actually defines anything right. and i think you know nick you having read i think up to the latest issue I'm, I'm at the same spot like i think we're going to hopefully get more answers by the end of this first arc because i don't think this is going to be a six issue and done series my guess is it's going to be 12 issues and done but yeah, it's, it feels like there's always something missing and Tyler Boss and Matt Rosenberg are like using this mystery box of like, we're God, not going to tell no. you what's at the core of this um, as like a, a way to kind of one up their story and kind of slowly reveal things to you. But so far, I feel like for every one thing they reveal, they add so many more things that I don't have answers for that the revelation feels like inconsequential to the rest of the story, you know?
1: Yeah, and I, I don't mind being left in the dark. That's sort of uh my general life mantra. Sure. <laughs> and and I certainly don't, I, I understand not, I don't know, kids these days, right? You know, I don't need the answers <laughs> to everything, right? I don't need everything answered right now, but I need some things answered right now. I, I guess the big one would be, why should I buy this book next month? That would be the starting question I'd like. Sure. Uh, Answered. But uh, Tyler Boss art is great. I mean, you you want the silver lining to take away from this. Tyler Boss is a fantastic artist. I love his art in this book. It's still not uh, my favorite. I think his one shot of Department of Truth might be one of my favorites that he's done. But Mm -hmm. we'll see where this book goes, I guess. Um, (laughs) So resigned to this book. (laughs) Look, look. As frustrated as you might be with me, I know that none of that is going to end up on the pole, as a poll quote on the on the trade. So I'm equally I'm losing out here too. Okay, yeah, that opportunity is gone. Um, <laughs> I also read Drifting Dragons volumes one and two. Yeah, uh, it is about dragons. It's not about cars. I only Damn. have to clear that up because I was Damn. asked that question yesterday so uh this is by taku kuwabara i couldn't find any other work by this individual so perhaps this is taku's first manga or at least their first english manga probably right so the series has been serialized in kodansha's sign-in manga magazine called good afternoon since 2016 it's currently ongoing it was apparently adapted into a netflix anime series that premiered in early 2020 I haven't watched that yet. Uh guys, I just got into manga. Anime is like that's a big next step and I don't know if if I'm there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I get ste- you. So basically, you have steampunk airship, you have a steampunk airship crew that chases dragons, so they can sell the meat and other useful parts while encountering other dangers such as air pirates, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um and much like Delicious in Dungeon, there's a lot of cooking and recipes. The art is absolutely fantastic. Uh the shading is amazing. And there seems to the artist seems to be using washes with his art for like backgrounds like clouds uh and and whatnot. And obviously that's something I see a lot with, you know, an artist like Dustin Nguyen or Jeff Lemire, but I haven't really seen people using washes in manga. So that's really interesting. Yeah, and I don't know if it's literally a watercolor wash or digital or, or what's going on, but yeah. Loving that book. Great book. Beautiful book. Really, I've, been, really I've been
0: sitting on the first volume of that for a little bit. I'm I'm glad to hear that it's, it's solid because I grabbed it just because the cover looked cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I saw it in a sale a long time ago and I was like, oh, this looks like a nice book, but I'm glad to hear that it's that looks solid. Or that it, it reads solid yeah
2: same it's one of those where like i see the cover all the time and i'm just like mm-hmm. I, I will get to you eventually but i <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things where right now i'm just like i need to finish reading all of the things that i have in my house before i read something new
1: well it seems like every shonen jump reader is perpetually behind right because it's this you know every week or month you're getting 18 billion new things to wade through so i i i understand, uh, anybody who has shown and jump. Mm. It seems like everybody who has shown and jump is always like, I'm so behind. <laughs> unless you're, unless you're a good friend for it, who is now current with like every book in the shown and jump. Chapter. <laughs> yeah, he's got that matrix plug in the back of his head, and he just—that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the only God. way to get current on shown and jump. That's
0: the dream. That's the dream.
2: <laughs> Maybe if they took oh, off their yeah. 100 chapters a day limit you know i could get
1: through oh my god i love it whenever i encounter anyone who is like actively mad this is renee renee has
0: run into this before right renee is the power user he is the power user i
2: mean a hundred chapters a day is nothing why is there a limit
0: that is so much manga to read in one day renee (laughs) i think they're telling you to go outside and touch some grass
2: (laughs) (laughs) i do i I touched some grass today
0: Okay, well, I'm proud of you. Thanks, That's good. thanks, man. I oh. appreciate.
1: We'll that. we'll 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 send that along to Shonen Jump and see if we can get that waved <laughs> waved for today. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's a special uh, Sunday bonus.
1: <laughs> anyways, what about you, Mike?
0: Uh, for me, I have been uh, all over the place trying to learn how to edit audio. Um, in a way that it makes it doesn't makes it not sound like crap, uh, because I'm trying to put something special out for our patrons by April 1st as part of our next schedule update. So hopefully going to get that figured out. So if you're not a patron, make sure you uh, head over there and uh, become one. Join one of our maybe annual subscriptions. It'd be cool. And uh, then you can get access to this cool little Star Wars oriented thing that we may be dropping very soon. But other than that, I have been trying to figure out all the logistics of moving because I'm moving at the end of next month. And uh, that that comes with its own set of chaos and anxiety that I'm not ready to deal with. So this week I'm putting it all off and I read a bunch of comics. Yeah. Um, I sat down and read Help Us Great Warrior. This is a Boombox title that's published by Boom Studios uh, written by Madeline Flores. Uh, it's on Comixology Unlimited because I happen to be reading through some Comixology Unlimited stuff and I was like, oh, this looks super cute. And it turns out it's probably the cutest book I've read in a very long time. The synopsis of the story is that the Demon King is trying to destroy the world and only great warrior kick kick butt, super confident and adorable as heck little blob girl can save us. It is the funniest little cute Book that I've read ever. Like I said, it's it's super adorable. Um, it spawned from a webcomic of the same name and it was turned into a six issue miniseries. Um, it's full of goofs and the type of humor that I think people who like Adventure Zone or even One Punch Man would enjoy. Like it takes all sorts of serious high oh no the world's gonna get destroyed serious moments and constantly flips them on their ear to make them into little goofs and gags um there's a bunch of like little lovable characters that get introduced in the story and for like 164 pages it's the fastest just nicest little read that i've had in a long time like everything's huge and bombastic but it's all drawn in like a very simplistic style um like something super serious will happen and then it'll be like but before we do that we've got to go get snacks um and you've got to love a little comic that kind of takes itself super seriously until it doesn't. Um, Flores has this incredible knack for timing jokes and extremely hilarious single panels for creating really lovable moments and really enjoyable, memorable, like almost memeable panels inside of the book. Um, I have a handful of screenshots from this book that I'm like out of context. I could just throw these things into a conversation. It would be very, very funny. So I would 100% would recommend this book to anyone who just wants something nice to read. If you're like, hey, I want to read something, but I don't want to have to dig into lore. I don't want to have to deal with something super serious like this book has a lot of heart and a lot of just comedy in it that super works and i would really recommend it so go read help us great warrior it is fantastic um, and now i really want to go find the web comic because all of the little clips that they put in the back of this collected edition are like snippets from the actual web comic and they are hilarious they remind me of like super mutant magic academy just in terms of the like we've only got four or five panels to tell a joke and flores really really nails it um so highly recommend that book if you guys can get it, um, it but like i said it's on cu if you don't have cu uh i'm th- pretty sure that's very cheap um in physical and digital formats so the other thing i want to talk about real quick is i read <laughs> burn the witch volume one i think i talked about this last week on the show as about the book that i was going to read next uh this is Taikubo's book uh, and you know it wasn't too bad i i know this has been on the shonen jump app for a while. And I have been kind of putting off reading it because I was like, I don't want to be hurt by by Kubo again.
1: <laughs> so is this um, about the Salem Witchcraft Trials, or is this yes, nothing?
0: It's exactly that. It's a very <laughs> serious book about the Salem Witch Trials. No, this is
1: it's it's a story. Thanks. That ex- I really thought I really thought for the first time like it was gonna be okay. No, no. This is do it a, to me. It's a Shonen Jump title. Uh, is there written- actually a witch involved? Yes.
0: Hold, Thank God. Let me explain the book. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh so this book takes place in the Bleach universe, kind of. It's a story about two girls who or two, I guess, young women. One goes to high school, the other's like a secret pop star. And um they work for this place called wb i can't think of what the name it is because it's so stupid um like everything about this book is stupid it's so over the top i feel like i read bleach and now i understand everything that Taikubo is going to ever create ever again because
1: wb is kind of stupid
0: it's it's not west branch i mean at the end of the zero issue they talk about how it's soul society west branch but it actually has a different name and the whole book is like it feels super experimental like Kubo had an idea for these two witch characters and they fly around on these dragons Um, but the dragons aren't dragons dragons are actually like the name that the British people give to any kind of monster that lives in what's called reverse London Um, so there's London and then there's reverse London where demons live and dragons Mm -hmm. live and um, it really feels like he kept saying like how weird can I make this and you know you feel this with Soul Society and Hueco Mundo from Bleach like he's got these very opposite things he loves this the the pairings of good and evil black and white you know like up and down and i really like the way that this story kind of developed within extreme insanity like i said lots of experimentation lots of just like let's just make everything explode for no reason like the the pacing is all over the place um it feels like the end of bleach where it was like nothing needs to make sense we just need to get to this fight but I I didn't hate it right like overall I would read more of this if only because then I could get more of this guy's art but also I would get like maybe he could learn from some of the failings of bleach I mean he's Kubo introduced all these little side character storylines in this first volume of what seems to be a one-shot kind of asking the question or begging readers to say hey if you're curious I could do more of this but I worry that it's going to have the same failings of bleach where like he introduced characters like like uh sado or or orihime and they never really got full storylines instead they ended up just being supplementary to the main storyline compared to other you know comics out there where you'd actually get little side stories with characters like my hero academia does this pretty well i think jujutsu kaisen did this has done this pretty well one piece you know like i, I feel like a lot of other manga creators do a good job of at least giving a little bit more root to their side characters especially if they're going to introduce something that's weird that could play into the bigger storyline but anyways Burn the Witch was interesting enough that I was like "All right, I could do more of this it just needs to get someone needs to just make this less sloppy Um, and it could be a really fun book and if it ties into Bleach in some capacity like my ever undying love for Bleach will you know always be there so I don't know this is interesting I am not upset that I read it I guess (laughs) it's you know great review i'm sure that's a bull
1: quote Um, yeah that's a that's a good one this is on Uh, shonen
0: jump (laughs) this is on the shonen jump app uh danny's very upset with me in the chat right now i apologize but you know what i don't have time for your feelings danny i'm sorry we've got to move on let's talk about comics that are on the top of our pile comics that are new comics that are old what are you guys
1: reading next from the top of your pile let's start with you nick So the good news is I wrote this down in my notes so that I can tell you that the title is A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Mm -hmm. Number six, uh, when unprompted or off the cuff, I will never get this title right. So this is by Rick Remender, written by Rick Remender, art by Andre Lima Arujo, uh, colors by Chris O'Halloran, letters by Russ Wooten. Again, like I sort of mentioned earlier with what's the furthest place from here, uh, where is this book going? I have no idea. Uh, In fact, it almost seems like the guy who writes the solicits at Image Comics also has no idea. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let me read this to you because I love this so much. Uh Okay, When a life is shattered by violence, putting the pieces back together is arduous but we can find friends in scary places, even as enemies lurk in the shadows. Cool. Some higher up must have really meant it when he said no spoilers this month. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't give anything away. Okay, I will I will write the most ambiguous sentence that I can. You could literally copy and paste this for like a Walking Dead issue. Right, an this, issue this could of be a outcast. Sesame Street episode summary for all we know. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Elmo has a really hard week. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, if there was a book where I would be like, no spoilers, it would definitely be this one. I love this book. I, As long as it doesn't get super edgelord or resoundingly overwhelmingly violent uh, and Remender gives in to his uh, darker tendencies, um, I will continue to love this book uh, until that point. This book is super interesting because it
0: feels like the fastest paced thing that is taking forever to get to the end of, like, in a good way. Yeah. I want a million issues of this, but also every issue I read in, like, two minutes flat.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, inject this straight into my veins. I yeah. Every time that I reach the end of the issue, I'm like, what was that, seven pages? And then I look, and it's like, no, that was, like, 24, 26 pages. I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. How? Like, it feels it feels like 7 and i i think full credit to remember there are plenty of pages plenty of sequences that he doesn't bog down with prose like it is just a really right. fast silent you know action sequence or whatever and that just keeps the pacing just 0 to 60 uh yeah this book could be 100% bogged down with like captions
0: right like the entire totally. book could have a narration but i think it's really really smart to not have that and just make us like the reader experience what's happening with the 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 players of the story if only because it makes it that much more interesting you never know where the book is going because no one is telling you in advance I've got to go do this and I can't forget that I did that you know none of that shit I I really really have to applaud uh the team on this book for for not bogging us down like I, I totally agree with you Nick this book flies and it's amazing yeah 100 percent and Renee, what about you? What are you excited for? What are you reading next?
2: Well, one I liked "Burn the Witch," um, but I also—I really, I didn't say I disliked I also really that like "Burn bleach. the Witch." And you know, I—I I like Witch I'm Ooh, also fight. very un- unhappy with you. But
1: <laughs> wow! Oh my god, we're gonna have a conversation in oh, the break. Are. Oh my god, we are. somebody is gonna have their "Bleach" wall scroll taken down. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> There's so, going to be words. I reread oh, Bleach
2: not that long ago, and I do not agree with your ass- your assessment, sir.
1: Okay. But okay.
2: anyways, what in the hell?
0: <laughs> yeah, what are, what are you reading next? What's on the top oh, of oh, your pile? Oh, 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 oh.
2: Uh, so the next thing that I am excited for is Shoha Shoten, Chapter 7, uh, writer written by uh, Akinari Asakura and art by Takeshi Obata, who is the man.
1: Uh, Takeshi Obato mm-hmm. has written series mm-hmm. such as
2: Death Note, Bakuman, Platinum End, Hikaru Nogo, and I think...
1: I mean, those incredible. are some pretty big ones right there. Yeah, I
2: mean, <laughs> You didn't have to go any further, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, he's he's one of my favorite mangaka, uh, so anytime he has a series I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do it. Uh, and most of the time it works out pretty well. So Shoha Shoten is a, it's a manga that's about a team of high school kids who want to become a successful comedy duo in Japan. Uh, So I really kind of like it because it's kind of that same whole shonen, like, let's go for our dreams, you know, type thing. And like, you know, we've got a burning desire to do this and there's rivals and, you know, but it's all like kind of, they're really good. So I hope that, you know, they, they have a, a, they're a challenge, but in a good way, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we're all reaching, we're all helping each other do our best, you know? and then the no, no, no. the actual like sketches are are pretty they're pretty funny they're pretty entertaining i find myself laughing at them so i'm i have a good time reading this series and it's a monthly series but yeah, that's it's on the top of my file, and I'm very excited to see where it goes next. It's it's one of those series where I'm like, you know what, just just let it sit, just let it sit. So you've got a couple chapters that you can read through, and then every single time, it's like, hey, there's a new chapter. This was like, oh, I guess I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man, I've been meaning to read this since the last time you brought it up on the show Um, because it, it looks I mean, I, I want more about art in my life. So what am I doing?
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. reading this. I'm, ha- I'm having a good time. You know, it's a good uh, I highly recommend,
1: you know, because cool. it's a pretty new series then or that's fairly new.
2: Like the yeah, last seven chapters half in. year. Or so. Oh, OK. Yeah. Again, it's monthly. So, you know, cool
1: well uh i guess before
0: i get into my picks, let me shout out some of the folks that are hanging out with us in the discord as always you can hang out with us on sundays at 1 p.m eastern standard unless otherwise announced um and you can get your comic picks or your top of your pile pick shouted out on the show so folks that are hanging out with us today danny is reading immortal x-men number one hannah is reading trial of the amazons and vincent is reading Soulfire: dying of the light um Lots of varying comics, but you know what? I'm very mad because Danny stole my pick. Uh, Immortal X-Men number one is what I'm looking forward to the most reading this week. This is written by Kieran Gillen with art by Lucas Wernick. uh, Colors by David Curio with letters by Clayton Coles. And honestly, like, how do I not pick this book? You know, this is the Kieran Gillen masterpiece of the X-Men world where he's going to be. I don't know uh i'll just read the synopsis or piece of the synopsis here which is prepare for sinister secrets to be revealed and learn that some secrets are more sinister than others like is this is just bait this is bait for me (laughs) this is i i you know this is them saying hey remember when hickman did secret warriors and it was like a scheme within a crime with inside of inside of a plan inside of a you know machination like this feels like kieran gillen has i mean this book has the potential for kieran gillen to do something like that like schemes inside of schemes inside of schemes I mean, Mr. Sinister being one of the 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 quiet council of X-Men that has a lot of nefarious things going on all the time. I mean, if you just look at the Hellions book that came out, uh, you know, he was doing all sorts of things that were off the books. And this book being just about the quiet council of people who run Krakoa's overall like governance um, is going to be really interesting. And I really think, excuse me, they're called the quiet council. Um. But they, I I really am curious to see what Gillen does with this. I know that he's done a bunch of interviews about it, and I honestly haven't read anything. I've been trying not to get myself too excited for anything um, X-Men because the Judgment Day thing is coming, and I'm just not excited for this big crossover event between the Eternals and the Avengers and the X-Men. But um, nonetheless, this book looks cool and i really have been looking forward to doing an introspection of the quiet council since the krakow era began um and again i really think this book has the potential to be extremely dramatic have a lot of big huge reveals that really make you like salivate for the next issue uh and gillen you know kieran gillen is one of the best comic book writers out there that's what i'm trying to say and um i really it's hope that he can he can live up to my expectations of the x-men no i think he'll do a great job i'm, I'm very excited um to see what he has to do with this book because i've been loving his run on eternals and i really think that when he gets when he doubles down on a property that he's working on um he delivers some of the most interesting comics ever um i mean you look at his journey into mystery you look at his young avengers like the guy really can't miss and i think this is like one of the biggest x-men books that's coming and i'm really excited to see what he's going to do so very excited overall, but um, so, yeah. Let's take a quick break. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Is Mister
2: Sinister gonna be in the book then?
0: Yeah. So the the Quiet Council. I guess if you're if you're not reading all the X Men, uh, I'm gonna get all the names wrong. Who's on the Quiet Council?
1: But I'll try to do this <laughs> off the top of my head. So the oh, Quiet don't worry, Council... Re- Re- Renee and I will correct you if you, thank if you, you get thank One you. of these wrong.
0: Yeah. So I said Mister
1: Sinister <laughs> because
0: he's on the Quiet Council as well as uh, Professor Xavier, uh, Magneto, Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop that's not who i meant <laughs> uh kate oh i'm just going to skip it emma emma all i can think of is <laughs> all i can think of is x men or, or, or movie stars um kate pride thank you danny oh my god i don't, I don't know any of the x men now I can't, <laughs> oh. like like nightcrawler uh, uh, emma frost thank you danny uh sebastian shaw uh, uh mr sinister like i said the high evolutionary no there's another guy anyways it's a it's a handful of villains and and heroes uh mystique and now Destiny, her wife, <laughs> people are just throwing names in the chat yeah. now to throw me off. I- um, anyways, so a lot of there's a lot of big players in in the Quiet Council. Um, and now we're getting a book about them because they've all kind of at, like acted outside of all of the main storylines with the exception of like Kate Pride. She's kind of had her own book with the Marauders. But um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see this. I think Storm's also technically on the Quiet Council, but she's technically the leader of Araco, which is aka mars but you know we're we're gonna get too deep in in, in the weeds for the x-men so i'm just not I, gonna do that i but. was just
2: asking just because there was a lot of sinister drops and i was like if there's a lot of sinister happening and there's no mr sinister then what are we doing
0: yes yes but yes. Also, mr sinister i think is going to be at the core of this book is what it comes down
2: every to. time i hear mr sinister i just think of that that random issue where mr sinister kidnaps spider-man and spider-man's just like is your last name really sinister so what's Mm -hmm. your first name is it ted is your name ted sinister
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay with that we're going to take a quick break um and when we come back we're going to be talking about some advanced review comics so we're going to give you some advanced reviews and some information about books that we think you should check out in the near future or maybe some books that you shouldn't check out so we'll be back in just a second This week on iRead Comic Books, we're gonna be talking about some books that publishers have sent over to us in advance so that we can review them. And we usually don't do a lot of advanced reviews. I think every once in a while on the show, you'll hear us say, oh, we happen to get a copy of this. We actually get like a lot of comics. And I'm not trying to like brag, it's just crazy because we just don't talk about these books very often. Yeah, I, I really wanted to, like, try to do an episode about this. Like, Kate uh, Lamphere suggested we do these for, like, minisodes. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to do it for a regular episode. I'm going to make Nick and Renee read some comics. So that's what we're here to do today. So we all grabbed a couple different comics. And we're going to try to give some spoiler-free reviews of these things. Because we really think that you should read some of these. And if we don't think we should read, you should read them, <laughs> we're going to tell you.
1: And so- then we're not going to get comics. <laughs> um. Anyway,
0: here's the thing. That's <laughs> this is the risk that you run in publishing comics, right? Sometimes people just aren't going to like your book. But, you know, do whatever you're going to do. We're not here to be truly negative. We're going to find some light in the shadow if we have to. And I'm going to force it. So either way, I. Uh, <laughs> Let's, let's just get things started. I'm going to talk about a book that I read called A Town Called Terror. This is out on April 13th, 2022. So if you listen to this in the future, lucky you. You could go buy this book um, because I think that you should. Uh, this is by Steve Niles, Simon Kurdansky. Uh, this is an interesting, interesting book. I, you may know Steve Niles' name from the 30 Days of Night series if you've ever read that. Or maybe you saw the movie uh, way back when. Um, but this is a book that has like... I don't know. It's giving me Crow vibes, right? The, hmm. the art by uh, Kudransky is really uh, Kudansky, Kudransky. That's what I'm getting my letters mixed up. Kud, Kudransky um, is very hyper-realistic, but there's so much extra everything to every single page of this book. Um, the art is very dark. It's very... It's very black and white and gray with some color mixed in. I mean, like the opening scene of the book asks a huge question that you really don't get an answer to in the first issue, but in the best of ways. And really, uh, you can tell that Steve Niles is trying to really, really tell a super slow paced book. So overall, like, you know, we we follow a guy who's getting back involved with his family and uh, without getting too much further into it, it involves... A lot of changing scenery and a lot of really interesting transitions that I think uh, Kudransky does a a fantastic job of conveying. Um, My only real complaint about this book is that some of the page content is so muddled in extra everything like every yeah. single panel has a lot of decoration every single page has so much detail that you're not really sure what's important what's not important there doesn't seem to be a background to this book it mm-hmm. feels like every single page is a massive painting um, but it's still a serialized comic it's still a sequential panel by panel kind of comic but there's just so much extra decoration um, that being said uh, Kadransky's art is superb I, some of the most realistic looking art I've read in a long time and I really have to credit them for trying to create an atmosphere in this book because it's very much there like it's giving me gothic grungy dark everything's place, taking place at night vibes um in the best ways and this isn't a black and white book um, there is a lot of color in this book but everything is super muted and when they add color it is with intent and purpose and you really have to credit uh kadransky for for owning every aspect of this book in regards to art because it's it's pretty impressive overall so town called terror it's pretty solid it's out on april 13th I don't know. Nick, Renee, any questions that I can answer about this book for you?
1: I mean, I, I read this as well, and maybe this is my fault because I just inherently keep the brightness down on my devices so the battery lasts longer, but I mm-hmm. had to keep <laughs> incrementally knocking the brightness up another notch and another notch because it's... oh yeah. It, it, when you said it's a dark book I was like maybe Mike should be clear that like yes tonally it's dark but also it's very hard to see that's true yeah the art is very very like it's it's of detailed blacks. but it's really
0: liked, dark if you like the choices of light color or lighting in the Batman you will love this book Um, that's a joke for only people who have seen the Batman but yeah <laughs> it's very very dark and you did like I had to I read it on my computer monitor so like Full brightness um, on everything, but I think if I was reading it on a tablet or a phone or something, um, I would have had to crank things because it's very hard to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, definitely creates a mystery, doesn't really answer any questions, definitely leaves you wanting to read issue two to try to get any sort of context for Mm -hmm. uh, for what's going on. Um, I just couldn't understand. Maybe I'm an idiot. But there's a panel where someone has to call 911 and she <laughs> dialed 991. Did you see this? Yeah, I don't know if that was a typo or maybe that's the Canadian 911 or something. I don't know. I'm so glad I'm not the only one. Like, my brain broke for two seconds when I saw that. And I was like, wait, what?
0: yeah there was there was a couple lettering issues that i noticed in this issue or the, this copy i don't know if it was because it's a draft copy or what like there was just a couple little like things that i try not to judge a book on because i'm like oh someone sure. will correct this before it actually gets printed right um but still yeah i, I did notice that as well it's like is that was that intentional is this a different right, exactly i was like <laughs> is this a narrative subplot <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs>
0: oh um, god well yeah interesting book um uh, Renee, what about you? what did, What did you read? Or I guess, better yet, actually, because you've only you've only got the one book. Um, <laughs> was, Nick, let's go to no, you. Gonna, let's go to sorry, you. Sorry,
2: I was looking up like if it was nine nine one in Canada. It's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm, gl- I'm glad.
1: I'm glad somebody did. So what you, is said, you caught Canada. me off
2: guard. It's nine one one still. Uh, That's okay.
1: okay. Well, Nick, why don't we go with one of yours, and then we'll sure. bounce back over to Renee. Okay. So I read Orcs in Space, Volume One and Two. Volume nice. One is already out. Volume two will come out on April twenty sixth, twenty twenty two. Um this is written by Justin Royland of Rick and Morty fame, where he does the voices of Rick and Morty, I think. And well, oh, other God, hold people. on. I want to add a caveat to that, but i will go, go I'll ahead. get go there. Ahead. If I'll don't worry, I'll I'll bring okay. it up. Yeah. Okay. Um as well as Rashad and Abed Geith. Mm-hmm. And also Mike Tanner, uh, art by Francois Vignol, Okay. And colors by DJ Chavez. I think what Mike was going to get at is that while there are four writers listed, based on the interview you had uh, on the show, uh, Mike, it sounds like Roiland was maybe a high level story consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Geith brothers wrote the screenplay and Tanner adapted it into a comic yeah
0: i mean i think that uh the Geith brothers and tanner kind of worked on it together um mike tanner having a little bit more experience in the comic world i think he the way he explained it in the interview that we did a few episodes back was that he kind of you know they had a lot of things they wanted to do in the book and he kind of had to say well we can only do so much in a panel, you know? So, um, I think it was just like a, an amalgamation of the three of them working together. And again, I think Royland was like a consultant on the story less yeah. so than an actual writer, but you know, it's hard to credit that, uh, I guess in a comic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is always nice when a credits page is a little bit more specific about who did what, or I love, you know, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago when Mike Mignola was like, yeah, they're giving me writer credits, but really it's like a 32nd phone call. And, uh, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm guessing this is very simple. Do you want more money, Mike Mignola? Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the artist um, originally did an OGN called Titan uh, that was imported by Titan Comics uh, in November 2020. It was also nominated for the Joe Schuster Award for Best Cartoonist. So the original volume was published by Oni and that came out in October 2021 it sort of kicks off with this Star Trek-esque crew that arrives on a planet that consists of, quote, primitive inhabitants of nominal intelligence uh, to refuel. And they leave, uh, end up um, having a trio of orcs that steal their ship. Um, These orcs have their own series of problems back home, so they're in no hurry to stick around. They jet off. And the book's version of Starfleet uh, is very eager to recover their ship But what I find really hilarious is that the Starfleet group in this book is like total pushovers. (laughs) They're like, like, well, you know, I guess if they want the ship, maybe they have a good reason or whatever. And there's one member who, (laughs) of course, is a red shirt who's just constantly pissed at how much of like uh, doormats the rest of Starfleet is. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just wants the ship back. It's it's a really, the designs in this book are distinctive. It's a very colorful book. You aren't going to confuse one character for another, not for a second. Um, they're really delightful designs. And I think part of the danger here is that um, people might see this book and think that it's for kids. It is not for kids. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. As I go through the notes I wrote while reading this book, it's me slowly going, oh, I think young readers will enjoy this too. Oh no, definitely middle school or higher. And then, mm-hmm. well, maybe this is just high school and up. You know, you have characters that just get flat out vaporized, or other characters that just get like freaking drunk as hell. And then I was like, okay, not for kids, maybe. Well, but... I mean, we used to watch Ren and Stimpy as kids, so yeah, I don't that know. shouldn't have happened. That was a mistake. <laughs> that was a mistake. I was not yeah. allowed to watch that show. I was terrified to watch that show. <laughs> I was I, I did not need to be strong armed by a parental figure into not watching that. It haunted my dreams. Uh yeah. But that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um and, and then there's another point where their ship gets um invaded by another ship of rats. And then they end up pulling out some of the entrails of the rats to a point where one of the other orcs goes, oh, his insides are on the outside. And then I said, okay, not for young readers. Um. <laughs> but it's, it's funny, but it's not edgelord funny. I think it right. really walks the line of, okay, it's a little bit more mature, but it's not shock and awe um, crudeness uh, for the sake of being crude. Mm -hmm. And volume two to just very kind of, you know, tiptoe around this um, involves them making a stop at an intergalactic truck stop and then being chased by a biker gang of what looks like tribbles from Star Trek, uh, but like tribbles from hell. And (laughs) um, yeah, really funny, really enjoyable. Um, It's a pretty, pretty big trade, too. So you're definitely going to get your money's worth. Yeah, I would I would definitely recommend this to anyone, especially if you're into things like, obviously things like Rick and Morty or comparable things where you, you know, it's very cartoony and animated, but meant for a slightly older audience. But again, like I said, it, this doesn't get like edge lordy or wink, wink, nudge, nudge, family guy levels of referential humor. It doesn't mm-hmm. get that caught up in you know it doesn't have this unhealthy allegiance to surviving on 80s references right like it's it's totally self-sustaining i guess is a way of putting it so um yeah a lot of fun enjoyed the book would yeah, recommend th-
0: th- the thing I, I really enjoy about Orcs in Space and as well, as much as I want to say like it, it's, a, it's a very enjoyable read, like it's definitely goofy from start to finish. And if you go in with that mindset of just like I'm here to have a raucous, ridiculous, fun time, yeah. um, you're really, really going to dig that book. It's by no means like a a massively groundbreaking thing. But from no. what it sounds like from the interview that we we did and just from reading the book, like, you can tell the creators are having a lot of fun just telling their own jokes. And to me, that really, really is reflected in the comic itself. Like, they are having a good time making this book. And therefore, as a, as a reader, I end up having a good time. And I really just want to turn my brain off and read something that's kind of fun. Um, and that's exactly what this book is. It's just kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's not like some sort of groundbreaking magnum opus or anything like that. It's not some massive you know critically acclaimed thought piece but it's a fun it's a fun read and sometimes that's you know that's what you want you know not mm-hmm. everything you pick up has to be you know phonogram right <laughs> you know <laughs> yes uh, yes. and this is definitely <laughs> not phonogram it's a bit far away from
0: phonogram yeah <laughs> i i can definitely say that um <laughs> yeah cool Cool. Well, uh, Renee, what about you? what What did you read? Have you Have you finished this lookup of the Canadian nine one one system? Yeah. <laughs> Okay,
2: thank you. Yeah, no, I was I was paying attention listening to, to Nick on Orcs in Space.
1: I, I was very interested. It sounds like the kid who just got accused by the teacher of not, <laughs> not paying not attention. <laughs> yes, yes, I no,
2: mean, no. to be fair, I was that kid. <laughs>
1: yes. I am
0: not surprised by that. Renee's <laughs> uh, line was a little too rehearsed to be fake. Yeah.
2: Flashbacks. Uh-huh.
0: Renee, what did you read? What did you read?
2: Uh, so I read uh, Armor Clads number one, uh, which mm-hmm. came out on March 23rd. Uh, so it came out early this week uh, with writers J.J. O'Connor and Brian Bucciolato and okay. uh, pencils by Manuel Garcia, inks by Raul Fernandez, colors by Rex Locus. What a name. Lettering by Dave Sharp. So it's kind of like Starship Troopers and James Cameron's Avatar rolled into one. Kind of. Oh, boy. So, because, like, they're on this planet and they're, you know, mining resources. But there's also bugs, you know. And there's also, like, a lot of, like, propaganda that's being spat out by the, the you know, the screens or whatever. But also everyone's mm-hmm. still very jaded by the propaganda. Like, they believed it at one point, but now they're there. And they're like, we're all just going to die here. It's same shit, different day, you know. And they're also constantly told by like like it's kind of separated between like the the people who are actually mining the uh, resource versus like the military, and like they have different types of armors and things like that, and like the military yeah. literally calls like the miners like grubs, and they're like, "Look, you're worthless, you're just a number, you're not a name. I don't give a crap, all that kind of stuff. So love it. You know, it kind of has like this air of like, okay, so there's going to be rebellion probably." you know Mm -hmm. and you know there could be multiple rebellions who knows it's still really too early to tell what's kind of gonna happen but there's it's also like there's it feels like there's a lot of things about the world and about like what they're doing specifically that's missing like we don't know how they got there like if they did if it was like a volunteer thing or if they were like you know uh kind of forced to be there are they prisoners whatever It's it just kind of seems very, very like vague, you know,
0: this is and this is published by Valiant Comics, right? Yeah. So I I does this
1: tie into anything else with Valiant, Nick? I mean, have you read this at all? Uh, I haven't read it, but it sounds like it probably they're trying to maybe do some sort of callback to a series called Armorines, A R M O R I N I E S. Okay. um which is an older property and i think they tried to tie this in god i want to say they brought the armorines in towards the end of the original exo run gotcha. gotcha but i would say it does um, I've feel heard, it feels very yeah. much
2: like a tie-in either to like a movie or like a game series or like even like you know like a model type game like warhammer or something like that it feels very much like a like a tie-in
0: or like a spin-off for that gotcha i mean we should be completely clear here um valiant has gone like triple in on nfts in the worst way ever yeah. um and had they not sent this issue to us i don't think any of us would be reading it uh, danny in the chat is saying that there's a prologue to this issue that has a tie-in that is only available via nft so like honestly fuck all that <laughs>
1: um right but my I mean, understanding you know- was that um, in order to read the prologue it wasn't even that you needed to sign up it was that you also had to own a valiant nft which gotcha. was my understanding of what i read on the website well and I was hard like, pass oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
2: not doing that shit um yeah so one thing i did think that was really interesting was the they there was also a preview for issue two in the back and for whatever reason it was in to- it was totally in black and white which i actually kind of dug a little bit more than the full colored issue. And maybe that's just due to all the manga I read.
1: But, uh, <laughs> was like, uh, this is so much better. It feels yeah. so
2: familiar. Um, But honestly, I really loved all the detailing you could see even without the colors. And, like, the lettering for the preview was actually really, like, well done. They still, like, did sort of creative things and it added, like, an emphasis when a character said a certain thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I I really did kind of like that. And I was like, I almost kind of like that a little bit better because it's a little more interesting. And also still seeing the detail in the pencils and the inks was, like, just, wow. I was like... Manuel Garcia and Raul Fernandez really kind of knocked it out of the park, which isn't to say that the colors in the issue aren't good. They're actually really really phenomenal like going through them. Like they it does paint a very vivid world and there's a lot of small things like the sort of like wear on the on the suits or like the dirt that gets on the faces of the crew and there's all these tiny little things and honestly that was the the art and the the coloring all that was kind of what I liked the most about it. Not to say that like I wasn't thoroughly disinterested in the series, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. there was a lot missing. And again, it reminded me a lot of Starship Troopers and uh, Avatar. So I was just kind of like, okay, it just kind of feels very by the numbers almost. But I still think that the art is very, very pretty. And I'm not sure that I would continue reading this. Um, One, just because I don't really read too much sci-fi anymore. But sure. Also, with all the NFT stuff
0: going on, I'm just kind of like, eh, no. Yeah. Understandable. Understandable. Um, Nick, what about you? What's, a, what's another book you've been, you
1: picked up? Another one I read was, where did I put this? Ghost Cage, number one, mm-hmm. which came out last week at the time of recording. Correct, um, yeah. And this is from Image Comics. It's written by Nick Dragata and Caleb Golner uh, with art by Nick Dragata, letters and design by Russ Wooten. Uh, most of us know Nick Dragata as the artist from East of West, which was written mm-hmm. by Jonathan Hickman. And now he's sort of marching out and carving his own path with this work. Um, it's a big, oversized issue. It is in black and white. Uh, so it looks like a manga, <laughs> which always breaks my head. It's not only, it not only looks like a manga, it feels like, feels a, like manga. a manga and which always breaks my brain when it goes, looks like a manga, feels like a manga, read it left to right. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no.
2: <Yeah. laughs> I'm not going to lie yeah. while reading. Like I keep, I keep double checking to make sure I'm reading in the correct way. Right. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, oh no, am I reading? The, does this make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm
1: good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I follow you. This is one of those reads, and uh, you only have these happen every once in a while, where you finish it and you're like, "This was really cool, but please don't make me explain what I just read <laughs> <laughs> on any level." Yeah. Um, and I had to literally go to ImageComics.com <laughs> to read the summary. Of what I had literally just went through fifty pages of, um, which is that uh uh when his Mega Corp power plant falls under attack by terrorists, the super scientist who revolutionized and controls all energy on Earth sends his ultimate creation and an adequate employee in to destroy his most monstrous secrets. Which when I read that and then reread the full issue, it made a lot more sense. Um, that I was reading the plot of Mega Man. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're
0: not you're not wrong.
1: <laughs> the guy even looks like Doctor Wiley. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you have this uh, creation called Sam, and he sent in to this power plant facility which is divided, uh, run by this guy who has this company now called Ohm mm-hmm. and uh, O-H-M, like the Greek symbol. And uh, he's basically, and, you know, you, you, you think OSHA would have a field day with this. He's created a giant reactor, which appears to be segmented into levels where each level is a different form of power. So, like, the first level is coal, and the second level is hydro, and, like, the third level is, like, nuclear or something like that, or as our old president used to say, uh, nuclear, Um, and uh, Mm -hmm. that'll be a joke for anyone over, like, 35, and um, so he's sort of sent in to clean up along with this low-level, like, customer service employee who (laughs) should have evacuated with the rest of the uh, company employees when, when this reactor was like attacked by terrorists, but um, there's a customer service ticket that uh, the employee still needs to process and is convinced that this will um, get uh, this person in line for a promotion, which I was like, Oh God, Um, there definitely are some like (laughs) blind corporate adherence, uh, comedy kind of going on here and yeah so the, sh- this employee is sent in and they cre—they send out this Sam creation and the two of them are sort of sent in to deal with these different creations that feel like the bosses from Mega Man like Shock Man and you know Cut Man and Rock Man and all of that except now they're <laughs> now they're um, forms of uh, um, like well don't go don't go too deep into it and that's all i'm saying i mean that's like the that's the elevator like you know i mean i I think the big thing here is obviously not plot it's it's the art it's the action it's the action sequences Mm -hmm. um it's definitely more of an action over plot book to be sure yeah i mean when i read it the second time with the image elevator pitch in mind i was like yeah this makes way more sense but the first time Oh my God, what an overwhelming read. So it's great though. I everyone think that will help read those people. Those yeah. 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 I, I think that will help people who are maybe like me. Maybe they're not idiots, but like me <laughs> went in, we're like, this was so fucking awesome. What was this book? Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad interpretation of it, but yeah, it's a great book. I think everyone should read that one. It's, it's, it's going to be amazing. I think a lot of people have been talking about it and I really want to see the negative reviews for it. So
1: you know what else is interesting is just briefly and I'm sure I don't know maybe this is a, the oh god the character in East of West who's like the child you know the child mm-hmm. who has like the balloon buddy or yeah. whatever I don't it's Babylon. been a while sure yeah. doesn't that thing look a lot like Sam oh
0: yeah absolutely 100 like Nick Dragata has a style of sci-fi that he likes to draw and like you can see it like I was reading East yeah. of West recently, and you can see like where he pulled designs and like evolved designs that he had done in East of West into this book. I'm not mad about it, because I think that he has really perfected his style in this book. Some of the best art that you could ask for out of this creator, like if you like the way that some of the sci-fi stuff looks in East of West, you are going to love Ghost Cage, hands down.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really... And I mean this in a good way. It's like it's an unhinged art style. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like maybe on East of West, it was like, okay, let's pair it back. And then Ghost Cage is just fucking unhinged raw energy. And it 100 percent panel to panel. You can feel it. Yeah. Like even like the crazy distortion on the TV when like the doctor comes up and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is just this book pulses with energy, which is fitting. Yeah. Put that on the back of the trade. Nick Drogada put that on the back of the trade. <laughs> uh, well, I want to talk about
0: one more book before we wrap up here. Um, I read a book that's coming out on April 27th, 2022. Uh, this is called Bloodstained Teeth, written by Christian Ward, who you know as the artist on Odyssey and and plenty of other things. Um, you know, he's done a bunch of different covers and everything that he touches is, turns to gold. But in this time, in this book, he's writing. Um, the artist on this book is Patrick Reynolds with colors by Heather Moore, letters by Hassan Otsmani Elhow this for some reason, like my first initial impressions of this was this feels like an offshoot for the movie blade. It's, it's about vampires. It's got this grungy, dark, chaotic feel to it. Um, And I want to just say that I love the movie blade. Like I have all the love in my heart for that movie, but Reynolds art is absolutely insane. And whatever the fuck Heather Moore is, is drinking or eating to do what she's doing with the, with the colors in this book uh, is out of this world. Like, if you've read Christian Ward books, you know that he does a lot of crazy stuff with his work um, in terms of color. Uh, I don't know how this group got together and what they did, but it really feels like someone said, okay, for the colors in this book, I want you to go crazy. Like this doesn't feel like your typical comic book. It almost feels like it came out of the 90s with the way that Reynolds inks his book or inks his pencils mixed with Heather's Heather Moore's colors. There's just like this vibrant super neon colored everything to the book. When there's dark panels, you still see bright, bright, vibrant colors. Um, Everything feels hyper-realistic and extremely muddled at the same time, but in like a good way. Like there's a lot of things going on, but when they want to bring something into focus, um, Reynolds and Moore really, really capture different sections of the page in a really smart way. Um, I can't express how cool this book looks. So overall, the story is, is a fantastically beautiful thing, but the, the writing um, is really interesting as well. I think uh, Ward does a great job of establishing a vampire story that has a really interesting twist. I, I really think that like the, the summary is Atticus Sloan is our main character has been turning anyone with the right amount of cash into vampires. Um, And as you might guess, Some people are not too pleased about that. And I say that as that's kind of the opening five pages and the story goes from there in some very interesting directions and I think introduces pieces of vampire lore that I either wasn't aware of or I feel like is kind of unique to this world. But again, you can draw it back to other vampire stories that really lean into the creatures of the night can't go in the sun. Uh, you know, you have to drink their blood in order or you you can turn vampires and they're sired and then you can kill them all with a line. I think that's that's kind of the thing he's leaning into the, um, you know, kind of your standard vampire lore. But there's some twists and interesting changes that he's made to the world that I, I just overall really, really like. And I I really am digging on this book. Like I was surprised because usually vampire stories don't interest me at all. Um, But Christian Ward with this team of Patrick Reynolds and Heather Moore with osmani Elhow on letters like really craft a beautiful first issue that I was very disappointed ended in the way that it ended like in the best way like I really want more of this book and I can't believe that they ended it the way that they did because I got to see number two and I have to wait two fucking months now because I read this book in advance so um <laughs> <laughs> kind of pissed about that right now
2: yeah I, I read this too and like I thought the whole what is it called? Like the hierarchy of like the, the firstborns and the sips, like the firstborns hate the sips. I thought that was really crazy. And like yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. time that I was reading this book, it really felt like I was watching like a, a rotoscoped movie, like, you know, where they shot yeah. it and then they just did art over top of it to like, sort of make it look like it was drawn. Cause like all of these people look yeah. so real and the colors are just so crazy. But it just like yeah, it it, it just and that was the vibe I got was I was like this looks like a rotoscope movie.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good way to describe that because it feels like the colors don't belong. But without this color scheme, this book would not feel as great as it felt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally totally dig that. That's a that's a fantastic way to describe that. Um so everyone should go pre-order this book, go to your shop, tell them you want this, go pre-order it on Amazon or whatever, or however you get your books. Um it's it's going to be amazing um when you read it. So, anyways, let's let's wrap things up here. Um I don't know. I we we get a lot of commission episodes. I'd be really curious or comm- commission episode. We get a lot of um preview Uh, books every once in a while i'm really curious to know if folks like this if they want to hear more of this um more episodes like this or just segments like this so send us an email at ircbpodcast at gmail.com i'd really love to hear what you guys have to think um for next week's show though uh we do have a commissioned episode our good buddy danny is up at the ten dollar tier in our patreon commissioning an episode from us it's going to be me and nick and paul and we are going to be talking i guess the description is the airing of comics grievances and how we can fix them so we're gonna get the metal pole we're gonna you know dance in a circle the whole seinfeld bit's gonna go on uh, and we're gonna try to talk about the, the, the things that are problems in comics and how we can potentially fix them as comic readers and fans so it's gonna be a really interesting episode i think there's gonna be a lot to talk about so make sure you tune in next week until then though you can follow us all on twitter you can follow renee at Rodrigo 29 you can follow nick at death star plans you can follow me at mike rappin and you can follow the show at ircb podcast on twitter and instagram and tiktok and wherever you can find podcasts
2: this episode first aired on patreon and it's possible because of our wonderful patrons Join today for exclusive series like IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, and so much more. You can join now at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast.
1: And if you haven't already, please rate and review our show, five stars, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yes, they do have ratings. Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because we deserve it.
2: Join the IRCB Discord community to chat comics and more. Plus, you can listen to our episodes live as we record every week. Uh, There's a link to our Discord in the show notes.
1: Podcasts grow best when spread by word of mouth, so why not tell your friends, family, and local comic book shop about IRCB? Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all of our music, and they are quite honestly
0: incredible. Xander's a very cool guy who makes us sound even cooler every week. He edits the show. I want to say thank you to Danny and Hannah and and Vincent and everybody who was hanging out with us in the chat today. I want to say thank you to Nick and, and Renee for being on this episode with me and thank you to everyone out there who listens to the show and continues to listen. You are fantastic human beings. Until next time, comics are good and so are you.